Welcome back for episode 28 of Hit Single. I'm terrible at keeping count of this thing, but I'm pretty sure we're at 28. Um, I'm almost certain. <laughs> um, as always, I'm your host, Akshat Singal, and we have Charlie McDonald back with us today. What's up? I'm back, baby. Um, yeah, so I'm back. I uh, don't have a whole lot going on uh, at the moment. I don't think many people do. So nope. yeah, kind of hard to make up an excuse to be on a, not be on a podcast. So here I am on a podcast. Not that you'd need an excuse because no, you love no, no, being no, no, here, no. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now that we're on the same page, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. started with Love Thirty. And uh, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so Love 30, how appropriate, because my 30-second take today is all about Love is Blind on Netflix. Um, I'm not a uh, big reality TV guy. I'm not one of the guys watching The Bachelor. Um, I know a lot of people do, and I have nothing but respect for you. Uh, so this <laughs> was kind of a dive into the unknown for me. Um, and let me tell you ridiculous television and thoroughly enjoyable um (laughs) honestly one of the most ridiculous things i've ever watched you really do as you watch it like you pick favorites if i like if i'm going to recommend this to somebody i wouldn't say it's a great show to watch by yourself so much as it is just exponentially more fun to watch with somebody else just so that you can rip into everybody in the show (laughs) like there is so much to make fun of with the people on this show and like the ridiculous like the situation everything about it is so over the top and ridiculous um tons of fun would recommend okay so like you i'm also someone who's never really been into the whole reality tv scene yeah um and i i as much as I've heard as pe- people talk about this show, I'm not really all that interested in it. But yeah, it seems like it's not your normal crowd either for this kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it seems that way because I have other friends who do watch it but would never touch like The Bachelor or any of those other right. types of like dating shows, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, have, I have a question about this show. Yeah. Since as someone who has never watched this, probably won't. Um, so I know the premise of it. Do they? Does the show end with them getting engaged, or do you actually see them getting married, like people getting married? So, he, the idea is that the end of the season, um, the people get married. They the show starts where they're in these pods, you know, dating each other through a wall, and then uh, if things go well. 
somebody proposes to the other person, you know, after knowing them for four or five days. Uh, <laughs> As and, people do. Yeah. And then they get to meet and kind of spend time together as actual human beings, not just voices through a wall. And at the end of that, which I think is like 40 days or something, they have their like wedding ceremony and it's like, oh, are they going to say yes or no? So yeah, yeah great television. It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it seems interesting, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know if I can get myself to watch this solo. It is, it is a kooky cast of characters for sure. Um, some of whom you would assume would do a show like this, but then as you watch it, you're like, you know what? Like, hey, this guy's actually a good guy, or like, this girl's very cool. Like, I don't know why they weren't <laughs> able to find love. Um, but then there's also psychopaths, and uh, you know some. People who are just a mess. So, uh, honestly, you're going to have time. Check it out. We'll see. One of these days, maybe. Um, all right, my left 30, and this is a totally different direction. Um, it's more just that I'm very pleasantly surprised with how Ohio has handled coronavirus and like taking appropriate measures and whatnot. Because I feel like a lot of states, you hear things out of... I don't know. You hear stuff on the news where, like, you were, you, you and I were talking and how New York has been fairly chill about it, but Ohio surprisingly so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ohio, though, on the other hand, like, I, I feel like from the very beginning they've been on top of things and shutting down things, like, as they should be shutting down things. And then even today uh, was supposed to be our primaries for the democratic primaries and <laughs> yeah. they, they pushed our, they delayed our voting, which that too went through a whole like roller coaster of events last night. Uh, but they finally were able to get it delayed, which is cool because, you know, primaries are where you have thousands and thousands of people in a small room. Right. And a lot of these people are old people who are clearly high risk. So, yeah, I'm glad Ohio's been on top of things because normally we're not on top of things for a lot of things, like politically and whatever, staying ahead of the curve type of stuff. But in this one thing, we have our shit together, apparently. Yeah, and we just let, uh, you know, Florida, you just go right ahead, a state entirely made up of old people. So yeah. that's just great. Every, everyone's out Props of the Ohio because, you know, we don't, they don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> All right, word association. So, you know, with every single sport being on a hiatus, mm -hmm. NFL decided that this was their time. This was their time to own every single headline possible. Smart. So, naturally, all of our headlines here are NFL-related. And we'll start with, I think this is the biggest one. I don't actually know what the biggest news is this weekend. There's a lot of big stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. But we'll start with the Texans trading... DeAndre Hopkins and a 2020 fourth rounder to the Cardinals for uh, running back David Johnson, a second rounder and a 2021 fourth rounder. Um, my reaction to this was fire Bill O'Brien. I don't know what he did to get GM powers or yeah, powers. I guess that's the word. 
I don't know how he became a GM for that team because there's nothing he's done as a head coach that should instill any confidence in the guy to be able to run a team's roster. And I mean, this is the same guy who they're up, what, 24 nothing in the first quarter against the Chiefs this year in the playoffs and then got outscored like 51 to 7 for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, he wasn't a good coach at Penn State. He hasn't been great for the, the Texans so far, yet somehow they gave him GM powers, and now he's just trading guys away and not even getting great return for anything. Like, I, no kidding. I They traded – who else did they trade away? Oh, they traded um, – oh, fucking A. Um, well, they got Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, they did uh. get Laramie Tunsil, which – in, I guess I'll give them that that they, um, in a vacuum, okay. Yeah, I mean they they got a position that they desperately needed, right? But they traded Clowney away earlier this year, and mm-hmm. they really didn't get great value for that. And then once again here, you trade away Hopkins, who is arguably the best receiver in the league, mm-hmm. and you get David Johnson, who is at this point a washed up David Johnson, hasn't been healthy in like four years. Okay, but it was, like, uh, so good in fantasy, like, <laughs> three years ago. Yeah, that uh, three years ago, we're going to hold on to that one forever. Um, a second rounder, which, uh, whatever you take in the second round, I I can almost assure you he will not be anywhere close to DeAndre Hopkins. A fair assumption. And a, and a 2021 fourth. What the fuck do you plan on taking in the fourth round next year? Next year. <laughs> Uh God, Bill O'Brien. I don't know how this guy is still the coach there. I really thought that that, that collapse against the Chiefs would have been the end of him. But apparently, mm. no. He still he still is able to do dumb stuff. Yeah, get that win against stuff. the Bills. Yeah, congrats. They're much overrated Bills. Oh, but not for much longer. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, the uh, my reaction was Kyler Murray MVP, baby. Let's go. I love the idea of the Cardinals having, I mean, I hesitate to say a great wide receiver only because they have Larry Fitzgerald, who has made his career being an incredible wide receiver. He's like maybe one of my favorite players in the NFL. Um, talk about hands and like having him and DeAndre Hopkins, like there will be no dropped balls. Um but I think that's a great opportunity. I, I mean, look, it's not like DeAndre Hopkins is super young, so it's not. It's I'm not going to say uh, that he's going to go and you know be, have Larry Fitzgerald be a mentor to him. Uh, but Larry Fitzgerald is still one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen, you know. And having the the opportunity to get to play with him, um, and now apparently Kenyon Drake is like the best running back in the world. Didn't he have like that four? five touchdown game at the end of the year um ridiculous so yeah um i think kyler like this is a golden opportunity for him in the kingsbury offense like i'm really excited to see now that they are kind of fully loaded across the board i have no idea how good their offensive line is hopefully it's not bad Um, (laughs) yeah i couldn't i know offensive line is probably going to be one of their targets in their in the Mm -hmm. draft yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, if they're able to retool there, then I see no reason why they can't be a playoff contender. Uh, granted, they're in 
a incredibly difficult division. But then again, what the Niners are supposed to fall off. It's the old Super Bowl hangover, unless you're the Patriots. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, so uh, Kyler Murray MVP. Yeah, I, I saw someone else. Uh, like There was an article that I saw earlier that said Kyler might be this year's Lamar Jackson, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I saw that too, actually. I, I don't know if he's quite the runner that Lamar is. Uh, I, but yeah, I, with, with actually having a true number one receiver, which even Lamar didn't have, I could see him doing damage this year and it'll be interesting. I think the Cardinals were moderately fun to watch on offense last year. And this should just add a whole new, whole new, um, facet, I guess, to their game. Yeah. They're fun. All right. Another big wide receiver trade. The Vikings traded Stefan Diggs. And a seventh round pick this year to the Bills for a first, fifth, sixth, and a 2021 fourth. Those 2021 fourths, man, those are valuable, apparently. Everyone just loves. Yeah. Man, everyone's just planning on grabbing stars next year in that fourth round. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, What was was your reaction to this? Yeah. So. I mean, obviously, my sort of immediate reaction was like, what? How did he demand so much more than DeAndre Hopkins, for God's sake? Right. Um, but after a little bit of reflection, it was like, how do we look at the Vikings' window to win moving forward? Like, they've kind of been the fun sort of like sexy team to pick. They, you know, have these two great great wide receivers and Diggs and Thielen um uh you know their their defense has been solid they get to play in a ridiculously awesome stadium that seems like tons of fun in Minnesota um <laughs> I don't know the whole skull thing it's fun you know we like to clap hands and progressively get <laughs> faster I don't know uh but they've always been kind of that quote-unquote sneaky NFC team that's always seemed good enough to win it all um and then you know they made it to the nfc championship game a few years ago um after that ridiculous win against the saints you know like they, they have had their moments and i'm just wondering like is this the window closing i has like it's hard to say with obviously just one wide receiver leaving but at the same time is that maybe the straw that breaks the camel's back when you know, Kirk Cousins is your ceiling. I don't know. I'm, I'm just curious to see what the Vikings are going to do and uh, how well they'll recover from this. Yeah, I think that's fair to ask because even outside of Diggs, they they have parted with some guys who were key pieces to their team. Um, Xavier Rhodes, they cut him who, mm-hmm. and I mean, he wasn't even good this year and that's why they cut him. He was getting paid a lot to not be good. Um but in the past, like during during the Vikings' peaks that year when they beat the Saints in that insane win that you mentioned, they mm-hmm. Rhodes Rhodes was one of the premier corners in the game, and now he's not on the team anymore. They just parted ways with Trey Waynes too, who was I think their number th- their nickel corner essentially at that point um, or at this point. Um, but I, yeah, I, they're they're losing pieces. And they're only getting older elsewhere. It's not like they don't—they don't really have young guys who have 
stepped up to become like major like game changing type of players outside of like Dalvin Cook. Right. But even yeah. even Dalvin Cook, you can wonder. I we'll talk about it, I guess more when we talk about Kirk Cousins. But when you have a quarterback getting paid as much as Kirk Cousins is, it seems like they've hesitated to kind of hand the reins to Dalvin Cook. It's still been a team that kind of. I don't know. They they might be run focused, but they still like to throw the ball when they when they have that chance, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, I their their window is weird. I think we're probably at the very tail end of that window. Um if not their window is probably maybe close to being shut. Um but my reaction to the streak was just uh sure, I guess. I mean, I I get why both teams did this. Um, I know the Vikings and Stefan Diggs have had their issues, and Diggs has been pretty vocal on social media about mm-hmm. not not being happy there. Which you would think the Bills could have like played to their advantage, but they kind of didn't, especially this happening the same day as right. uh, DeAndre Hopkins and them getting such a you know ridiculous return. I don't know. It's yeah. like... If, if, if they, the Bills, know going into this that there is the tenuous relationship between Vikings management and Stephon Diggs, like you could kind of play that up and get him for cheaper, but I guess not. Yeah, that's what I I figured too. And I get why the Bills did it because they pretty desperately needed a number one receiver for Josh Allen to throw to. Yeah, right. But a first is so much to give up, I feel like. it. Diggs is still relatively young. He's 26. But like you said, the, if the Vikings and Diggs had this this tenuous relationship, then I don't know. It feels like the Bills are the ones who had leverage here in these trade talks. And somehow the Bills are the ones who I feel like gave up just far too much for this. Yeah. And um, again, it, it hits a need for them. But this was also a draft that was very heavy on receivers. So they could have taken a receiver in the first for like half the price without getting rid of all these picks and wouldn't have to pay uh, whatever salary Diggs is getting. And like he's in, I think, the second year of like a four or five year deal. And it's not a super high amount that he's getting paid. It's like 12 mil a year or something like that, which is pretty team friendly for a receiver of his caliber. But I don't know if, if this receiver class is as good as advertised, then I would say keeping that first and maybe getting a guy for who who would be like maybe a third of that price for now may, might be better. But I guess the the Bills have cap space, and until they have to extend Josh Allen, that's not one of their worries yet. I yeah, guess. Yeah, they're willing to fuck around with it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. Um, the Colts and Philip Rivers agreed to a one-year, $25 million fully guaranteed deal. Uh, I My reaction was I like it. It feels like a lot of people are very much down on Philip Rivers at this point, just saying that he's washed up and whatnot. But I feel like Philip Rivers with a good offensive line still has like a year or two left in him to be a, a decent quarterback. And I I feel like people are really downplaying the fact that the Chargers offensive line for the last few years has been garbage. And he's had 
Philip Rivers is one of those quarterbacks who absolutely needs a good offensive line because he does not have the mobility to right. make up for a bad offensive line. And I feel like that's a large part of why statistically he hasn't been good the last couple of years because, you know, when you have pressure in your face, you just kind of heave it and hope for the best. And, mm-hmm. and it's, I feel like it's, he did that a lot. <laughs> yeah, just like he did that. the hell out of the ball. Yeah, he did that a lot this year that that I did watch the Chargers um, and last year too. But it's just I, – I think with a good offensive line, he can still be a useful quarterback. Now, I I guess my biggest worry here is I don't know what the Colts' offensive weapons look like, their receivers and whatnot. Like I think they, they still have T.Y. Hilton, but outside of him, I don't really know how deep they are in terms mm-hmm. of receivers. And in that sense, I think the Chargers were probably a better – we're probably better stocked with targets, but again, right. that offensive line really kept him from being able to kind of sit back there and let him play to his own style. Yeah, I um, I mean, my my like words here are that I just I just love Philip Rivers. I always have. Um, I think when it comes to playing behind an offensive line, like you were saying, a good offensive line can like look okay. These every quarterback in the NFL is good, okay? Like you don't make it to the NFL as a quarterback if you suck ass, right? Yeah. So the biggest kind of differentiator is when you're playing behind protection or if you're not. And then when you're playing behind protection, any quarterback can do their job, right? So having that offensive line when you're a good quarterback is going to make you look great as opposed to going from, you know, presumably bad to good, going from good to great, great to excellent, right? Mm-hmm. And Philip Rivers' his entire career has proven that he has the goods. It's just a matter of can he display those goods, right? So uh, I, I'm happy to see him go somewhere like Indianapolis. I really hope um, he can get a nice cheap house uh, to house is 37 kids um <laughs> and yeah i mean i think i i think it's going to be a really good fit i mean i'm curious to see how their offense will perform everybody likes frank reich um their defense i don't know maybe that's the question mark going into this year but um i think they should be pretty set on offense um with you know philip rivers helming that and marlon mack and all them i mean we'll see like you said with the wide receivers Maybe they get some help in the draft, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, I, I think the pieces are there overall for the Colts to be a dangerous team, especially with the Texans doing weird things. The Jags are probably themselves. Yeah, the Jags are being the Jags as well. Just like I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone knows what the Jags' end game is with any off season. Um, and I mean the Titans are an interesting team. They're kind of on the up upward swing of things. But yeah, in general though, I think if if that line can protect Rivers, which on paper they should be able to, I think they this Colts team could be a solid playoff contender. Yeah. Um All right. The biggest second biggest one, maybe, Tom Brady. His era is officially over in New England. He uh, yeah. made that announcement early this morning on Instagram. 
And Adam Schefter's most recent reporting says that barring any last-minute changes, Brady will be a Buccaneer. Um, what was your reaction? I mean, do we have to just get Eli Manning to the Panthers just to ruin the end of his career? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I, my initial reaction is like, this is just going to go down in the long line of players that you associate with one team and then they, you know, finish their career with another, like your Joe Montana's, Jerry Rice, you know, um, that list kind of goes on and on. Like just picturing Brady wearing those God awful Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniforms. (laughs) Like they're so ugly. I think they are rebranding this year. I feel like I saw a teaser a few months ago. Um, Thank God, uh, because you know like, what? Yeah. It's if there's no better time than now, you know. Well, kind of, yeah, that is true. And a rebranding, kind of ushering a new era with Tom Brady, kind yeah, of makes sense. It, but is it a new era if like he's okay, going to play new two one, years? Maybe t- yeah, if, if that. Um, it's the shortest era of all time, but it's a short. It's an era. <laughs> um, it will be. I mean, look, it's a like. There's no way Tom Brady loses in this, like. Look, you would want to say the arguments like, all right, now he's out of New England system and, oh, he's not going to be as good. But you could also just say like, oh, right, he's fucking 58 years old. You know, like uh, that could be the reason why he's not good anymore. So, look, he gets to go live in Florida, um, be warm, really has no pressure to perform. Obviously, we know him. He's kind of the type of guy who is going to put that pressure on himself anyways. But at the end of the day, if things don't go well for the Bucks, like I don't think anybody's going to blame Brady so much as you know, just the kind of <laughs> the fact that he's playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know? Right. Yeah. I my reaction to this was just it's going to be weird. I, I ever since I've known football, like ever since I've been watching football. Tom Brady and the New England Patriots were just synonymous with each other. And now it's it's going to be bizarre. And I I think I'm ready for it. I It just feels like time that with everything going on in sports right now, this entire like, or not even just sports, but just in general, like with coronavirus, everything's just kind of hitting the reset button. It almost it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like very... If there was a year for this to happen, it just feels like this was the year. And <laughs> with so much other quarterback movement as well, um, I, I guess it's just going to be a different landscape in the NFL. And I don't know. Brady Brady wearing those colors is going to be awkward because I'm just so used to seeing him in the blue and whatever the fuck else the colors the Patriots have. White, red. But, you know, the blue is what you... No, uh, but and then going from that to just like that ugly red is going to be just a stark contrast. It's just, it's just the honestly, really, what it boils down to is the weird font of the numbers. I just don't. Oh get god, it. yeah, it looks so weird. There's like points on the end of no, like it's. <laughs> well, we'll see what the rebrand brings. I th- I'm hoping those jerseys. Yeah, hopefully, will be something better. sans serif. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is. Uh, did this shock you? When he posted that this morning, that he was actually like done in New England, did that surprise you? I really thought he was going to stay. Yeah, so um, did I. 
So, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know if I was shocked, but definitely, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because, <laughs> like you said, of the current climate, like, nothing is shocking anymore. Like, I'm just trying to stay alive out here, you know? <laughs> uh, so, it's like, you know, it's, it's a football player. Like, it, the, the, the whole COVID-19 thing has kind of put a lot of things in perspective where it's like, well, okay, like, this is kind of to distract us for a day. Um, but ultimately, it's just a dude going to a different team. It would. I feel like the impact could have been greater if this was a normal off season. I would have been like really like whoa, right? Yeah, I think I was somewhat. Uh, I like you. I was expecting him to go back to New England, but I don't think I was completely kind of. I don't know, blown away by the fact that he actually decided to leave. Just felt like. Like I mentioned earlier, it just felt like so many things are changing in the NFL. Why not add Tom Brady into that? Like, it's just whatever. But mm. it's still going to be weird. It's going to be a bizarre season next year, whenever that season begins. Who knows at this point? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> All right, next headline. Another big quarterback change. Um, the Panthers are seeking a trade for Cam Newton. And it seems like they are finalizing... A three-year, $63 million deal with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, my reaction to this was about time. And that's more about the Cam Newton thing, because I think ever since um, the Panthers fired Ron Rivera, it just felt like this was coming. And I think back on the pod when I first talked about that firing with Ron Rivera, I, I mentioned that it just it feels like a new era for them. Um, everything that they had said publicly just felt like they were ready to kind of hit the reset button. And even though at the time they were kind of talking about how they weren't going to trade Cam Newton and all this, but it, them saying that didn't line up with everything else they had said. So I, I'm not shocked and I guess I expected this and it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for me, like the Cam himself, I have no problems with Cam Newton. I like Cam Newton. I think he's tons of fun. Um, as broad, he's a weird of, dude. He's a weird dude, sure. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's a great football player, and he's done a lot of crazy things. I mean, he's a former MVP, you know, and not yeah. that long ago. Um, it feels think, forever ago. It really does. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, just get him to New England. Let's see what happens. Uh, him and old Billy B uh, could <laughs> could cook something up nice. I don't know. Uh, Teddy, though, I love Teddy Two Gloves. What's not to like? Oh, yeah. Same. I mean, do I, I – I didn't see going to Carolina necessarily. Um, no. I, mean, I think I had convinced myself on Teddy going to Chicago. Yeah, but yeah, no. This is this kind of came out of left field today. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, sure. I I I still think Teddy Bridgewater is good, so I'm glad he's going to get an opportunity. Uh, I just hope he can stay healthy, and we'll see what happens down there in Carolina. Yep. And if anything, it's probably a great year to have Christian McCaffrey in fantasy because you might see a lot of checkdowns to CMC. Yeah, uh, pretty good year to have him last year too. Yeah, I had him last year, and he he took me to a fantasy championship. So I will pretty good. Um, all right, last headline: 
Going back to the Vikings, Kirk Cousins signs a two-year, $66 million extension, bringing his current deal, or I guess current total, whatever, to three years, $96 million. Oh, man. What a finesse. The man is a king. I just, oh, man. Has anyone profited more off of betting themselves, betting on themselves uh, than Kirk Cousins has? Like, I just, I can't. I, I uh, don't think so, no. It's absurd. Like, he went from a guy that bet on himself, and everyone was like, oh, what are you doing? Like, this guy's overrated. And then all of a sudden, he's like, I don't even know what his total is up to ever since that one year where he bet on himself. But it's got to be like 150 mil that he's basically stolen from these teams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, it, it is just, it's hilarious. It's great. Um, good for Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really don't have much to say outside of that. Like, this is just a boss move. Like, <laughs> and he's he has secured the bag probably better than anybody else in NFL history. Yeah, what's funny is that so he was at Michigan State around the time that I was in college, pretty much same overlapping years. And every time I watched him play, I was like, man, this guy is just like whatever. Like, he never scared you in college. But if you told me that that guy, like eight years later would have basically gotten like I don't, man I really need to see what the is city of Minneapolis yeah uh, I, I need to look at what his total earnings are to date but man if you had told me that he would be making like 28 mil plus a year in the NFL I would have I would have called you fucking nuts <laughs> it's it's crazy how much money this guy has made from basically being a career like 500 quarterback mmm Anyway, good for Kirk. All right, yeah, good for him. I guess I'll never, I will never blame a guy for getting the bag. But Jesus, this is <laughs> wild. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna move on from that, and we're gonna go to Dummy of the Week again because there's a lot of those going around. I feel like in these times, mm. and I gotta, I gotta give a special shout out to everyone who's ignored every everything. The federal government, the CDC, the local government recommendations and whatnot, telling you, got, telling everyone to stay inside and quarantine. Everyone who's ignored that and gone out to celebrate for St. Patrick's Day or celebrate fireworks at Disney World or spring or break, spring break, whatever. Congrats to you guys. You are the reason we're in the situation we are in right now. So, yeah. So it's so dumb. I hate people. Um, I mean, for me here, uh, I'm just outside New York City. I work in New York, and we have uh, curfews in effect. Bars, um, I think, well, like very soon are going to officially be closed. Like you're not even allowed to go out and do this stuff. So it's just kind of, I'm not, I, I'm not going to say it's like spitting in the face of people like where I'm at, where we literally can't because like. I'm not an idiot that's going to go do that during a crisis like this anyway. Um, but the fact that there are people in like, you know, the spring break areas, uh, like in Florida and wherever else going out and gallivanting around during this is just like, what just what are you doing? You're so dumb. You're making it worse for everybody else. It drives me nuts. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> the thing that kind of, angers me the most about this is like 
a lot of these people, when you actually like see interviews and stuff with them, they're just like, oh, no, I don't care. I'm, I'm young. I can fight it off when it's just like this has never been about you. Right. It's never been about you. It's been about everyone around you. And the fact that people are just it just seems so selfish for people to just ignore everything every single health official is recommending right now and just be like, oh, no, I'm okay. Yeah. No one gives a shit about you. We give a shit about the millions of old people who can't can't defend themselves from this. Uh, Yeah. All right. Whatever. Makes my blood boil. Anyway. (sighs) Anyway. Let's rank them. Let's do that. And we're going to do movies that should have been better. So this could be movies that were bad and should have been decent. It could all, it could be movies that were already good but had potential to be great. So we'll start with your number five, and we'll, we'll go back and forth from there. All right, cool. Um, my number five is going to be a big shout-out to the Teriyaki Boys. Uh, that would be <laughs> Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Look, I mean, we all know this is a pretty trash movie. Um so yes, it could have improved in a lot of areas. However, it does it does hold a special place in my part. Like because can we just talk about like how like drifting had a moment after this movie came out. Like it do you remember did. like it like it was like a thing. Like people a lot of people were talking about cars uh obviously, you know, whatever. There are car fanatics, but like this really brought not only cars like the first two movies did into the national consciousness but drifting like drifting was not i don't even know if it existed before this movie i'm sure it did okay but like i would have had no idea what drifting was before this movie came out and i would assume (laughs) that nobody did so like i don't know it brought that into the national consciousness which is probably another reason why this should have been better like it could have been introduced a little bit better okay to the to the public writ large um, than through Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Um, But yeah, um, it could have been a better movie. That is not to say that I don't love it. So I've, I very ironically enjoy this movie, right? Like I, I go into it knowing that I'm just watching the most ridiculous fucking thing in the world, but it's fun, I guess, which at the end of the day is all I care about in the Fast and Furious movies. I don't think any of them are like legitimately good movies, but they're fun. Yeah. But yeah, Tokyo Drift. And the, I mean, come on. The the title song from this movie, Tokyo Drift, <clears throat> is performed by the Teriyaki Boys. Like, all right. That's <laughs> enough to be like, can we like can, you know, can we just not please? Can we, you know, excuse the pun, pump the brakes a little bit, okay? <laughs> Um, anyway, no, that's, rip the e that's a good pick. <laughs> All right, uh, my number five. I kind of cheated on this one a little bit. I just said the entire X Men franchise. Yeah, and because I couldn't pick one because they all just fall under the same category. Where it's they the X Men franchise has to be the one time where you they've put together an insanely good cast and somehow just disappoint movie after movie after movie like you get movies together where you have Hugh Jackman, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, 
Jennifer Lawrence, Patrick Stewart. I mm-hmm. mean, these are all like Sir Ian McKellen. You have like these star-studded movies, and I've never come away from an X-Men movie and be like, yep, that was good. That was legitimately good. No, it's always just been like, what the fuck? There's so many missed opportunities in every movie. And it just uh, it's infuriating that they've fucked up such a a good cast and compelling characters too. Yeah, good source material. Yeah, like there's there's a lot to do there, and the only character in the entire series that has ever been compelling to me is Wolverine, and that's just because Hugh Jackman actually made him fun to watch. No one else was like legitimately fun to watch. I guess I don't know. And Logan's good. Yes. Logan is the one good X-Men movie of all of them. But even Logan just very much does not feel like an X-Men movie because it just it it actually knew what it was doing, unlike the rest of them. All right. Number four for you. Yeah, I'm going to keep it on the superhero theme and going to go with Green Lantern. Now, full disclosure, haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> but... Um, when I was growing up and the Green Lantern cartoon would be on, it was always Hal Jordan uh, playing the, well, that was the name of the character for the Green Lantern. I always kind of had a soft spot and thought it was such a cool idea for a superhero and like kind of how there's other uh, heroes like him that all have this ring that can do crazy stuff and make all this different shapes and all that i don't know i just always thought the green lantern was like a super interesting and cool superhero and then they just totally botched it with ryan reynolds (laughs) i mean look i love ryan reynolds he's probably like my biggest draw to see a movie from like an actor perspective i think he's hilarious and talented um Mm -hmm. and devilishly handsome but um yeah i mean he acknowledges that this was a bit of a bust it did not... Oh, he's very aware of it. Yeah. I love it. Did not hit the notes that it had to hit. Um, again, haven't seen it, but from what <laughs> I've heard, yeah, it should be better. I mean, talk about something that could actually be rebooted and done well, especially now in the modern age with where CGI is at, even since this movie came out. Like, I feel like they could do it some serious justice. Let's do it green lantern bring it back i mean i'd all i'd be all for a a new green lantern movie um i i think my favorite thing that came out of this movie was the fact that ryan reynolds is very much aware of how bad this movie was (laughs) because in like deadpool he makes fun of himself in green lantern it's like i love that awareness and that's the best thing that has happened because of this movie like yeah. we got jokes in Deadpool making fun of it. And Deadpool's so. great. And Deadpool is fantastic. Uh my number four, I went with The Circle, which is probably a movie that like five people have heard of. Yeah, maybe I more than it. five, but like yeah, it's it wasn't like a super hyped movie, but I think because I work in like or at least my interest has always been in like the tech aspects of things. It's it's a movie about if you haven't seen it. It's a movie about this company called The Circle, which is supposed to basically be like Google or Facebook, essentially a giant tech company. Um, it's about how they have a presence in everyone's lives, essentially, and uh, privacy is dead, and 
I don't know, they they know everything about you. Like it's this girl who gets hired and like the girl's played by Emma Watson. Uh the guy who runs the company is played by Tom Hanks. And this girl Emma Watson, when she gets hired, like the company already knows like everything about her because they've have been keeping tabs on everyone and it's and like the movie i don't know the movie plays it off like it's just this minor thing and it ends spoiler alert i'm just gonna say that now it ends with her basically succumbing to the fact that transparency is good privacy doesn't exist anymore and it like it's a she says it like it's a good thing and it's like what the fuck like that should not be the lesson out of this movie and (laughs) Yeah. that's why is why is that how we're finishing this like i don't, I don't get it it just it does have a solid 14 percent on rotten tomatoes should be said it's yeah that's that's like oscar worthy i think um yeah it it was a movie that i think based on the premise had potential to be like a 7 out of 10 type of movie and it instead ended up like a 3 out of 10 so i don't know that Not there's great. There's a lot this movie could have done. They had a guy die in the middle of the movie. or Actually, not even middle. It was like three quarters of the way through the movie for no reason, really. I mean, I guess the purpose was to show that, you know, all this, like, not having privacy is a bad thing. But at the same time, it's like, do we really need to show that by having this character who's in it for, like, five minutes who you're apparently supposed to, like, feel strongly towards? Like, you're supposed to like him. And he just like dies and it's supposed to be like this big thing where you're like, oh shit. But it just wasn't because they just never fleshed out the character enough for you to care about him in that type of way. I don't know. There was just so much that was missed in this movie. Yeah. Anyway, um, I could so go for on. For the three I, people I, that have seen it, um, Akshat Tom <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three for you. Yeah, number three um, for me is going to be the love guru. Um which I admit I saw in theaters and was probably it's, I mean, again, I'm not a big movie guy. I don't watch a ton of movies. So when I go to the movie theater, that's even more of a rare experience. Um, That said, I did go see the love guru in theaters, which says enough (laughs) about me. And it's one of the maybe the only movie that I've seen in theaters where I was just like, "What am I doing here? <laughs> this is not good. It's not funny. I'm not having a good time." Uh, they keep saying Mariska Hargitay. This is before I uh, was aware of Law and Order SVU and even who Mariska Hargitay was, so I didn't get the joke. Um, and then she showed up and whatever. It doesn't matter. It, it's not good. It should have been better because I love Mike Myers. I mean, our generation growing up with like Austin Powers, which I always thought were amazing. I literally thought Mike Myers was British um, based <laughs> off of Austin Powers until I got older. and was like, oh, he was on SNL and had this whole thing beforehand. Um, yeah. So Love Guru, not great. Would love to watch it now um, to laugh at it ironically, but... Until then, I'm just going to stick by that it's not not very good. Have you even seen it? I have not. I'm looking at the cast right now. This is like a shockingly star-studded cast. I don't even remember who's in it, to be perfectly honest with you. Apparently, Outside it had a lot Mike of... Mike Myers and Mariska Hargitay. Uh, Jessica Alba, Justin Timberlake, 
Mike Myers. Oh, yeah. Wow, should be uh, said. Jessica also, Simpson. Kanye. If- <laughs> Great. Kanye. Um, <laughs> should be said also has a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that. Um it's got a solid three point eight on IMDb as well. So I think people are with you that this movie's just not good. Not great, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um uh, my number three, uh I went with Hancock. Mm. Um I assume have you seen Hancock of like the fourteen movies that you've seen in your life? Also saw it in theaters, thanks for asking. Um and not gonna lie, I thought I liked it. I don't really remember that much about it. He's a drunk superhero. Yeah. So I, this is one of those movies where like I liked it, but I thought it had potential to be so much better. Um, so I, it's, um, I, I don't know. I, there's um, the, the twist that they put in like halfway through the movie. It just felt so unnecessary and did not need a twist in this movie at all. It just felt like throwing in a twist for the sake of putting in a twist. Like, <clears throat> he's this drunk superhero. Jason Bateman's character is kind of helping him become good uh, and use his powers for good. And that was all good and great until we find out that Jason Bateman's wife used to be Hancock's wife, like, 80-some mm. years ago. And it's just like, I, I don't get it. So And then it turned the primary conflict from becoming about Hancock to now just being between Hancock and his ex-wife, who is also uh, who's also like a super-powered person, it's just like what what's happening here? Like, why are we doing this? Why why is this the conflict now? Like, this just totally took a took a turn, and it's not a good turn. It was just it was perfectly fine the way it was, and I don't know. I just I again I like this movie. I I. I it's a solid, enjoyable movie, but it could have been so much better if, you know, they just left that twist out. Yeah, I think don't that's a good put, point. Um, don't put that twist in. Just keep it about Hancock and his and his getting on a good track and whatnot, or using his powers for good and whatever. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I remember enjoying this movie, but I think you bring up the good point of it should have been a lot better, which is, you know, the point of this list. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I agree. All right, number two. Yeah, so my number two is El Camino, the Breaking Bad sort of spinoff movie from uh, last year. Okay, um, I haven't seen this yet, so this is... Yeah, because it didn't live up to the hype. I mean, well, maybe maybe that's the wrong way of putting it. I don't know if it had so much hype as more of it was like, I mean, it was just completely unnecessary. Breaking Bad is one of the series that we all can, for the most part, agree on had like a very satisfying, very well done ending, which is incredibly hard to do with a show of its stature and running for six seasons, I think it was. Um, So then to... To feel compelled to make this movie, I don't know if I don't think it felt so much like a cash grab because I know Vince Gilligan is so good and Aaron Paul was really bought in. Um, but yeah, I, I watched this uh, on a on a train actually uh, back from a work trip, and was just like I don't know, like it was fine. But if you're going to use this IP, it already has such a high standard. 
associated with it, like make it great. Don't just make it good. Um, right. Which is why, like, that's why it, it, it should have been better. I, I don't even know how they would have done it. Like maybe the way of making it better is to just not have done it, you know? Uh, but with this cast of characters, with the acting prowess, with the writing of Vince Gilligan and his direction, I expected it to be a little bit better. Yeah, that's fair. I, I feel like I've heard similar things from other people. Like, I don't think anyone I've, I know who's seen it has ever said it was bad. But yeah, right. But like you said, when you have that kind of IP that was so just universally loved, I feel like you kind of have to knock it out of the park if you're going to make this thing that most people originally probably would have said was unnecessary. Uh, but yeah. All right. My number two, I went with uh, Man of Steel because it's Superman. Superman deserves Superman. a good movie. Yeah. We haven't had a good Superman movie in a while. And... Everything should have worked to make this a good movie until you remember that Zack Snyder was still the director. But I think I was also like expecting a lot more from this because Christopher Nolan had a producer credit on this. And normally things Christopher Nolan touches turn out to be good. Um, but this just didn't. Not this time. And yeah, it... Uh, not only I like I still I don't think this was like a just flat out bad movie, but I expected this to be just so much more. And I think the main issue, and this is the same issue with most of the DCEU that includes Spider Man or not Spider Man Superman, uh, is just that the tone that they took with Superman just does not fit the character at all. Like mm. S- Superman in general, throughout all the comics and whatnot, and I'm not a comic book reader, but just, you know, like the stuff that I've read about Superman, is that he's the guy who finds good in everything. Like yeah, he's he, the do-gooder. Yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't do anything wrong. Like he's pretty much indestructible, but he doesn't kill people when he could literally kill like 99% of the population if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a good person at heart and wants to find the good in everyone. He thinks that there's good in everyone. But then Man of Steel came around and he's just like this dark, brooding character who's like sad all the time. Like, what what's happening here? This is not Superman. And uh they just they it just ruins Superman. And like I'm not even a big Superman fan in general. Uh I I, I know I've in the past I've said that I find Superman generally boring, but I think you can still make good movies with a boring character if the story around him is compelling, and this just wasn't. It it just didn't hit the mark. 100%. All right, you're number one. Hit us with it. All right, so my number one, Oscar winner. Maybe a bit of a spicy take. I don't really know. But uh, my number one's going to go to American Factory, the winner of uh, Best Documentary this year at the Oscars. Um, look, it, again, it's not that it was bad, but going in, people were all hyped about it, like, oh, it's, you know, the Obama-produced documentary, it's the favorite to win best documentary this year at the Oscars, which, as I said, it went on to do, but when I was watching it, it was like, I 
I get what they're doing here. I know what they're trying to show, you know, like kind of the themes and all when it came to the uh, the factory, I believe, in Ohio. And for those that don't know, it's about a Chinese company opening a uh, automotive glass factory in Ohio and kind of how it was different for them opening it there versus in China and how workers here in the States are different from uh, the workforce in China and things like that. And watching it the entire time, I was like waiting for not something compelling because there was interesting stories about um, some of the workers that worked there, but they never really grasped onto one or two that were particularly interesting. And they, uh, I, I don't know, it was just, I don't know what you expect. Like, for me, going in, it was, after kind of hearing the synopsis, it was exactly what I expected. And it didn't bring more to the table than I would have thought, you know? It was just, it, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know you, I think you said you haven't seen it yet, right? That would be correct. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love to hear your thoughts after you do see it, but it was just, okay, yeah. Like, yeah, this is kind of what you would expect <laughs> if a Chinese company were to open a factory, like... Things are different. Oh, they right. don't like unions. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It, 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 I expected it to be more compelling uh, than it was. Yeah, that's entirely fair. I, yeah, like I, like I said, I have not seen this. I do, I do want to see this because I think documentaries generally are interesting to me, even if I don't like particularly care for the source material or whatever, or, like what it's actually about. Mm-hmm. documentaries typically find a way to make me care about things that I previously didn't. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm curious. I'll, I'll have to look into this now. What's your All number right. one? <clears throat> My number one is In Time, the the movie with Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried? I don't know how to say it. Is it Seyfried? Seyfried? Uh, sure, whatever. Sigmund Freud? I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so this movie, which have you oh, seen? This? this is that movie. I was wondering what it was. I didn't know off the top of my head, and I just googled it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, I feel like I've seen random parts of it, but I don't think I've watched it all the way through. But I, okay. after now realizing what movie this is, I have to agree with you here. Yeah. So this movie had a very, very compelling premise. Right. And. It's like a a futuristic world, I guess, where their entire social status and form of currency, whatever, is built on the currency of time. And on paper, it just sounds amazing. Like everything they pay for is by paying for time. Like, and that's that time that you have is literally the time that you have until you die. Uh, That's how you pay for things. So naturally, rich people have like hundreds and hundreds of years of time but whatever um anyway yeah like on paper i was very compelled by this the cast was interesting enough like justin timberlake despite not being an actor by trade was not a bad actor and he's interesting enough and whatever and amanda sigmund freud is also (laughs) also an interesting actor and i don't think i've ever like disliked anything she's been in but this movie just never really hit on that concept to the level that I thought it would. And it's still like not a completely unenjoyable movie to watch, 
there there's parts in it that are still interesting but it just it feels like a movie that was just incomplete and never really got to flesh out that concept as much as it wanted to or it could have i don't know I, I don't really know how to like articulate what made this movie disappointing but i i bet i'm not the only one who felt disappointed by this movie yeah i feel you there um it is <coughs> yeah like you said it's a great concept um this was yeah back in the day where like justin timberlake's an actor now um which is cool good for him you do you brother <laughs> uh things worked out great for you in the social network but yeah it is a it is a really cool idea for a plot and i mean yeah that's kind of what this list can ultimately boil down to is something that's a great idea but doesn't end up working out yeah and like if you look at the rest of the cast too like uh, outside of Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried, you have Olivia Wilde, Killian Murphy. I don't know. That one guy from the Big Bang Theory. Who the hell is that one guy from Big Bang Theory? Uh, Johnny Galecki. Oh, Johnny Galecki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it had it had people that would make you interested and probably think it's going to be good, and it just uh, man, it didn't hit. Didn't do it for me. Um, and yeah that's my number one alright well that wraps up this week's episode and um, I I really don't know what comes after this when NFL free agency dies down because there's literally nothing going on in sports (laughs) it's great Uh, (laughs) unless we want to talk about like darts I'm sure there's darts going on somewhere I don't know they get huge crowds in in England and Europe like you're right We'll see. Maybe maybe cricket. There's cricket going on in Pakistan right now. We can do that. We'll talk about that. All right. Five bullet points about Just kidding. Pakistani cricket. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for being on. Always happy to do it. Uh, I got nothing else going on. So. Yes. <laughs> me neither. It's been a great five days of doing nothing. Can't wait for the next two months of this. Yeah, I'm going to go back to playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 because that's where I've been at. Same. I'm glad we're on the same page there. <laughs> um, that's it for this week, and we'll see you again next week. See you.